0: Hello everybody. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And this is MZ Guys Podcast. You can reach us in all the social medias at M-
1: You can also reach us uh, if you want to drop us a line at MZcarGuys uh, at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us, you can do it at uh, anchor.fm forward slash mzcarguys or other podcast platforms. So we're still on the island of Japan. Matt, what's next? Uh, Subaru. Subaru. Yep. Hmm.
0: The, the company owned by Fuji Heavy Industries.
1: Yes. So uh, kind of an interesting history uh, with this. Um, I learned about a, uh, a piece of history that I did not know about. Uh, And that was the breaking up of the large business or financial business uh, and and other regular uh, industrial and financial business conglomerates um, known as Zaibatsu, uh, which was basically um, a a really influential part of the Japanese economy um, leading up. And through the Second World War, and so afterwards they kind of broke everything up and stuff like that, and so you got Fuji Heavy Industries, which then spurred Subaru. Uh, which is interesting because the name comes from uh, a star—it's the—it's uh, the Japanese name for the Pilates, uh star open star cluster. Um, also known as uh more popularly known as the Seven Sisters.
0: Well that helps explain the uh, the logo quite a bit. Huh? Isn't there seven stars in the logo?
1: Exactly. Yep, absolutely. Hold on one, two,
0: three, four, five, so oh. one, two, three, four, five, six. So I'm sure they've got some sort of some reasoning behind that, but um and sure. yes, I understand that for the two language nerds out there, it can pronounce Subaru in the country of Japan. But everyone we talk to knows Subaru, so we're just going to go ahead and call it Subaru.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, it's had a lot of really close relationships with Nissan in the past, uh, more popularly with uh, Suzu and stuff like that. Um, uh, Toyota. Toyota you know, for a period of time and stuff. Absolutely. Um, Still does. Yeah, I think they have a little over 40%. Uh, shock and a surprise, GM actually owns a little bit of it. I think GM, General Motors owns a little bit of everything. <laughs> That's
0: uh, what they call General Motors. <laughs> yeah,
1: General Motors. But, uh, sorry, I was taking a drink. Um, But, uh. I think we can Subaru has some interesting things that they are very famous for. Um one of which is their all-wheel drive system. And 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 and, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um but they've where Honda where Honda uh popularized variable valve timing, um, where uh, Toyota popularized uh, series hybrid systems. Um, Subaru really popularized simplistic all-wheel drive systems. Um, And so we'll kind of get into what makes Subaru's all-wheel drive system Slightly different than everybody else, but I think we can kind of get back to, um, you know, you have the Subaru 360, which is back in 1958, you know, during the microcar kind of, uh, uh, kind of uh, craziness, uh, the Subaru 1500, um, but really it's when you get into, um, it's really when you get into the The seventies and the eighties, and really kind of into the into the nineties, but really into the Subaru in the seventies eighties this is when Subaru really kind of came alive um and that's when you got uh the Subaru brat um which was a very interesting little kind of truck thing um you got the Subaru XT, uh, which was a cool little, uh, two door thingy. Uh, but the these 90s...
0: very descriptive. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But the nineties is when you start getting into, um, it's you, you now have, um, the popular, uh, flat both six and four cylinders. Um, you know, they, they'd been using it for many, many years before then, um, with the legacy. Um, but, uh, it's, it was, it really got widespread use during the nineties. Um, that's also when you started to see, uh, very familiar names like the Impreza, uh, the Outback and the Forester. Uh, and of course, the Impreza, you know, then presented on our push forward, um, the uh, the uh, the WRX and the STI. Um, so Matt, to yeah, add one so for a couple of interesting things um,
0: is, it's at some point, at some point the somebody made the decision with the with the with the like oh sorry with the Impreza. There was going to be, you know, just a car, right? The the impressive WRX edition, World Rally Cross, which is mm-hmm. sporty, sort of on the level of like a Civic Si or a Hyundai Veloster Turbo, something or other. Anyway, the sporty edition of the regular car, right? But then they decided that we're going to call the super sporty edition the Subaru Technica. International. uh international mm-hmm. uh, yes. we're gonna we're gonna call that we're gonna call that the impreza sti even though for the longest time what made more what it used to be called was the subaru impreza wrx sti at some point they decided no we're just going to change the whole thing and confuse everybody and we're going to take a car that has been known throughout its history for being a hatchback more than anything else. Occasionally it was a two-door sedan or or but typically typically a five-door hatchback. And we're going to make it a sedan across the board and we're just going to confuse everybody. So they made some really unusual kind of marketing decisions. Um I mean this is a company that prides itself on being quirky and different. I mean quirky if you like them or just freaking bizarre if you don't like them.
1: Well, I think but, we can they definitely stand I, out. Yeah, I, I think especially with you know the fact that we talked about Toyota and the Supra, um, uh, more along the um, the with uh, Mitsubishi and the Lancer Evo Nine, uh, specifically uh, the Mitsubishi Eclipse. A lot of these cars um and also the wrx and the sti um i think this is a perfect place to talk about the influence of racing video games and more specifically the gran turismo series um because because gran turismo was put together by uh poly uh poly, polyphoning or something like that. Um, and they are Japanese. And so there's a, these cars have had a huge following on the other side of the world. But when it came to America, a lot of these vehicles because of America's strict crash test ratings, um, a lot of these cars wouldn't pass it. And so to market it into America, to build a world car that also included America, was just astronomically expensive. But the, the racing series, especially Gran Turismo, really gave these companies the ability to do some marketing research through a video game. Hmm. Makes sense. And 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 that's when the STI came out to America. That's when uh we got the uh the the uh the the Lancer Evos. Uh I believe starting with the nine and then going yep. to the ten. Um so it was it was really interesting. Like I loved Grand Turismo. I absolutely loved Grand Turismo. I would spend hours just tweaking chassis and stuff like that and you know it was just you know and and the the simulation of and stuff like that um but it's you know it's really interesting because up until the uh the the Impreza WRX and everything like that the sportiest thing we had which was still pretty decent um, although a little on the weird side, uh, was a Subaru SVX. Uh, yeah, never the coupe. The It, it it's, it's kind of a <laughs> – it's, it's, it, it's a two-door coupe with a very weird window setup, uh, almost like they were trying to impersonate a Lamborghini Countach's windows
0: it's it's very much of its time like it very has that those sharp angles that wedgy shape that but in that bizarre japanese way where everything looks not quite right but almost appealing because it's so unusual looking
1: yeah exactly exactly um, and uh and then you get into the uh into the 2000s and i think with 2000s uh Subaru made two decisions in the 2000s one of which was very good and one of which was not so good um, the one that was really good was somebody a, a I, I, and, and I wish I had I, I apologize to everybody I wish I had done more research on this to find out exactly what had happened but apparently some kind of uh, demographic research was done on Subaru Outbacks you know, that, was, that was like a marketing research done and it turned out that one of the largest demographics of the Subaru Outback was lesbians um, I don't know exactly why um, I mean, the Subaru Outback is a very nice wagon. It's an all-wheel drive, um, and if you live up in the northwest, I know it's very, very popular up around Seattle and Portland. Um, and but most of the
0: eastern seaboard, really, everything north of uh, the Mason-Dixon line, loves the Subaru Outback.
1: Oh yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, the uh, it's kind of interesting that they would you know that 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 would be of an interest to them, um, but Subaru's big good idea was to go ahead and be the first manufacturer to actually include the LGBTq XYz I don't know they keep adding stuff um. Uh, in their marketing. And they were the first manufacturer. I think one of the first. Businesses period. I think to. To include. That particular demographic. Um, which is weird. Because they've been around forever. So. But. um, But the. The other one. Was they. They wanted to bring. Back. The, I guess the spirit of the Isuzu Brat, or the uh, are uh, the 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 Subaru Brat, but they did it in what was called the Baja, which is basically taking everything wonderful about the Subaru Outback and tossing it right out the window. <laughs> so yeah, so the Subaru. You know, I mean, trying to redo the 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 Subaru Brat as as the Baja. I mean, I I don't because I mean, I mean taking the taking the all of the cargo space of the Outback, which really makes the Outback appealing mm-hmm. to yeah. the to the vast majority of people. Um, and then you take that away, and and you you try to make it a truck and uh you know I, I i think a lot with uh i don't know i mean i, I mean what, were people really asking for that i mean well re- it's it's i mean
0: motor trend did a whole video thing about this and it was you know one of those um johnny Lieberman and uh uh his cohort at the time i'm sorry my memory's going today but um the whole idea was that they put the two chairs in the very back of it to get around the chicken tax. I'm not going to go into the whole thing that can be a podcast unto itself that we can do later on, but essentially it was a way to get around stupid rules that uh, heavily prioritized American pickup trucks over foreign competition. So, um, and the whole thing was, it just sort of felt like a hodgepodge, you know, it felt like it was trying to be too many things to too many different people. Um <laughs> It was well, like, a sm- uh, like a smaller, less successful Honda Ridgeline.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the Subaru Brat itself was hilarious because it came from the factory, and you really have to see this thing. First off, I don't think it actually had any seatbelts because it was a back seat. It wasn't. It didn't. It didn't require seatbelts, but you had these two big handles that would come up that you would that you'd be able. to... A, a friend of mine's dad had one. Absolutely hilarious, you know. I mean,
0: but well, I mean, what no one talked about <clears throat> is it's sitting in it, the seats were on the floor, so your legs
1: were straight out in front of you. Not oh, comfortable yeah. no, but when you're nine, it was it was oh, hilarious, God. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely agreed. Um, yeah, I don't remember if they're seat belts or not. I, I I have a vague memory, by the way, it's Jason is the name I was looking for. I apologize. But um, I have this vague memory that there were seat belts in it, but who knows? It could have been like a refresh thing at some point or, you know, the government finally said, Hey dummies, you know, you got to put the belts in. They went, Oh, okay. I guess we can do that. Let's, yeah. Let's well, do
1: I mean, I mean the Baja was, you know, which was much later, you know, the Baja, when they try to kind of refresh this idea of it, you know, it was basically just, you know, a five seater with a, an, an almost useless bed, yeah. You know,
0: so Yeah, yeah, you you had your choice. You could put p- p- people in the back or you could put some stuff in the back. But God help you if you try to do both.
1: Yeah. So But anyways, but that was that was a short lived thing, as was the yeah. the, the other uh,
0: novelty that, that show up at Radwood.
1: Yeah. But um but you know, y- you still have You know the Impreza is still around, the WRX is still around. Although I do have to say, they've they've some companies make the make the mistake of having an idea and then latching onto it for way too long. And Subaru's, um, I think Subaru's flat four is probably a very very good example and the reason why i say that is is because before you know many many moons ago when they first came out with a flat four back in the 90s and stuff horsepower was very low it was it was efficient it allowed you to and we'll get into this in just a second it allowed you to uh to 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 have the symmetrical all-wheel drive system which is a very balanced as far as weight wise and design wise um but as you increased power as you increased uh output and stuff like that and as you increased complexity within the symmetrical all-wheel drive system later on um things started to go awry um yes i i there there are unfortunately and weirdly enough consumer reports doesn't really take this into account i guess but there there's been many stories of the of the subarus flat four um blowing head gaskets um, mm-hmm.
0: and they all at, blow at between 80 90000
1: yeah between 80 and 90000 miles and and they blow a head gasket, uh, which is, you know, I, I, I don't know how common that is. Well, but so, so, but what we what we were talking about, you know, we were talking before before the show about this. and your your wife's grandmother,
0: wife, my wife, my mother-in-law, my wife's mother, yeah, has yeah. had two foresters.
1: Yeah, and and I think both of them have blown.
0: The the well the, the current one is she's only had for a year or two so that one is you know a time ticking time bomb, but the the but the one she had before blew around seventy seventy five thousand she claimed yeah. it was because the dealer or she understood that it blew the head gasket because the dealer did the oil change and forgot to put the oil back in it, it only they only drained the oil replaced the filter and put the plug back in and sent her on her way, but. No, I mean, it was just, she, she, she's one of these people, we're all different, she drives her cars really hard, so it was going to have, yeah. have a premature failure anyway, but um, Mr. Regular of Regular Car Reviews is a big Subaru fan, and he talks about this, like, if you're going to buy a used Subaru, and you are anywhere over 60,000 miles, your first question has got to be, have you changed the head gussie yet. He says, it's just understood, it's one of those things that you just live with the flat six for whatever reason is more balanced it's more you know able to handle that kind of stress whatever maybe because there's more cylinders to distribute it all but um now um zach did you do any research on the because the it's the engine is called the ej um and it went from a 20 to a 25 which is two two liter to two and a half liter did they start any smaller than two liter or was that where the engine really got its start
1: Uh, oh that's a very good question um
0: well, you try and see if you can find some data on that. I mean, yeah, go ahead. The understanding is the engine has only had two iterations in its entire life, and we're pushing twenty years out of two iterations, um, which is the Ej twenty and the Ej twenty five. But the power keeps going up, like Zach was saying, and it's just not, not made for that. Um, well, there's not
1: only racers. Uh, it it, it started off as the Ej fifteen. Oh. oh. And. Wow. And I think what's really kind of going on is, is you also have you have spe- especially with, with like the, you know, w- once you get up to turbocharging and stuff like that they've started to increase um, increase compression. Oh, Hugely, right. And there, the head and, gasket takes the stress of the compression. And increasing the pressure of the turbo. Yeah,
0: that's a recipe for you disaster. Know.
1: So,
0: you know, you've got blow by increases, you've got you know, oil leaking into places that shouldn't be, you know, your EGR has yeah. to run really effectively, all kinds of things can go wrong.
1: I, I, I think, and, and, I've, and I've heard this from several people, and also it's starting to, as you drive one, starting to recognize it when you kind of compare it to other things in its class, that it's, it's becoming, the age is starting to, to show up. Um, and as much as, and I'm going to talk about this and Matt's going to instantly grit his teeth, the same thing happened with the K-series engines for (laughs) Honda. (laughs) Go ahead. And, and in, in, in Honda's heyday of V-Tech and only V-Tech and, you know, you know, turbos be damned and all of this kind of thing.
0: That was more the B-series, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. So anyways, but, but Honda really kind of stuck with, you know, just these high revving, you know, kind of, you know, RPM monsters and eventually they had to come to the light of, you know what, we just need to redesign this, you know, take, take what we know, take what's good. And then, you know, just use that as an education for the, for the next generation of, of engines, which are now turbocharged, and I think we can all agree, the 1.5 turbo for Honda, uh, other than the whole gasoline and the oil thing, which really wasn't a thing. Uh, well, it's,
0: it's it's a thing in certain temperature ranges, but moving on. But if your, um, car, if your car frequently works in low temperature ranges, it can be a thing because of the metal contraction. But they're they're working on a fix for it, so it'll be fine.
1: Oh no, they've already got a fix for it. Okay. It's just a re- so. it's a reprogramming. Anyways. Um but yeah, it, and and I and, and a lot of people that you know, a lot of uh you know, automotive publications and stuff that I've that I've read and saw videos for, they've all can kind of said the same thing, which is man, we still love the WRX and the and the STI. Um, you know, and but when it especially when it comes to you Know just like uh, the Forester and the Outback and the uh and the Legacy and and just the basin presence stuff like that, and even in the WRX and STI, it's just time for a change, it's time for a, a complete redo of, of that power plant. Um, and uh, and I have faith that, that, that Subaru can do it. I mean, you know, they yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you, it, they, they they have to basically. I mean, you know the 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 big things they have going for them. Yeah, is the 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 opposed piston engine gives you two things that a distinct. Well, it's a it's a mechanical benefit on paper. In the real world, it's not quite so blatantly obvious. But um, yeah. one is you get a much lower center of gravity, right? So handling improves. Um, it's more sure-footed, and so on. Yeah. Um, one so, is, so so
1: so we're going to go ahead and get into the symmetrical all-wheel drive. Well. I'm going to
0: get into it briefly. I I'm going to back out and let you take over in a few minutes. Um, okay. But, uh, and the other thing is that the way it uses the the piston motion to help connect to the drive shafts and make all the wheels turn. But so the problem is everything else, basically. Um, you know, you've got oil losses because the pistons move horizontally instead of moving vertically like a regular inline four does. You've got problems with uh, the fact that the engine, like Zach said, is increased in displacement by a full liter. And probably by a hundred horsepower or more over the course of its life, if you count oh, the turbo. I say, at least. You know, um, that's that's a tremendous problem when you're talking about you. I didn't even redesign the whole engine block to support all this stuff, and you've got you know cooling to worry about, and you know all 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 kinds of things that can come up. So, it's just it's just needs. Subaru needs to sit back. And they need to they need to swallow their pride. Figure out how they're going to do this. Probably going to partner with Toyota because Toyota's got all the money in the world. Um, and just get something, even if they have to take like a, I want to say it's a 2GR. I think the Toyota 2.5 liter direct force engine is a 2.0, is it called the 2GR? Um, and that's a damn decent engine, especially with a dual injection system now. And just use that and use that as their platform going forward for a while, just to sort of reset everything.
1: I don't think they need to go even, I, I don't think they just need to buy somebody else's thing. I, I think you could, you know, and, and I think Porsche has has proven that, that you can design a flat engine, a horizontally opposed engine, because a horizontally opposed engine um, has benefits. Of course it does than just being low center of gravity there is a um there it it is actually it's it's less friction on the engine itself you just have to increase oil pressure to keep oil you know flowing throughout the whole thing
0: yeah i mean the, the trick is that you know porsche has perfected the flat six because they've been making the flat six since the sumerians were the most intelligent uh, nation
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I, I, I think it was Ramses II that that, that actually. Right.
0: Uh, he Didn't he st- steal the idea though from, uh, you know, the king of Babylonia? Um, but yeah. uh, forget the history stuff. We don't know what we're talking about. bunch of idiots. No,
1: we're idiots. Please don't listen to us, people. Anyways, but I mean, but 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 I guess, but it's it's so integral into their to their whole concept of the symmetrical all wheel drive system, which is a brilliant system an absolutely brilliant system. The um they, they, they weren't the first to think of all wheel drive as far as performance um that that was Audi with their with their quattro. But the Audi quattro was very complicated. Well, of course uh, it was because
0: it was the first.
1: And, you know, and, it was it was a
0: rally race bread thing. It wasn't meant to be a consumer street thing.
1: It was rally race spread, but the um, the 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 Quattro system in the original Audi Quattro um, was, I believe, was an almost exact fifty-fifty split,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. it didn't really do much of any transferring of power or anything like that. It was just a simple 50-50 split. Yeah. Um, you know, later on it would become that, but Subaru, I believe, was the first to really start using um, clutches and and differentials and stuff like that to transfer power you know know, at first from front to back and then using viscous clutches later on to start doing what's called torque vectoring where you can actually send not only uh, send some power to the rear wheels but using that power and splitting that power between you know and sending it either to the outer rear rear wheel as you're turning in, in any direction so if you're turning right it sends it to the left rear wheel if you're turning left it sends it to the right rear wheel um and yeah, that's that's I huge mean, in off-road well and and i've and i've gotta I, i've gotta go down this list of all of the systems that have been basically. Influenced by this, you have Toyota's all-track system. You have Mercedes' 4MATIC, Volkswagen's 4Motion. Eh, uh, never mind, on the 4Motion, because the 4Motion is probably based on Audi's Quattro system. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's,
0: it's the Haldex system.
1: Yeah, so you have the uh, the Atessa uh, four-wheel drive system for Nissan. Um, uh, Mitsubishi's all-wheel drive system was based on ideas from that. Honda's super handling all-wheel drive system was based on it. BMW's X Track, um, you know, so a lot of different yeah. systems were were based on this whole idea of, you know, just the simplistic design. Um, but Subaru took it one step further and using their flat four cylinder as their basic, or, or, or as 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 their basis you not only are able to keep the uh the weight distribution down low, the center of gravity down low, but you're also able to um instead of having because almost drive systems and even front wheel drive systems, you have unequal length uh uh drive shafts, you know, prop shafts going to each individual wheel and stuff. Uh well what's also known as half shafts or whatever. Um but it allows with with Subarus all-wheel draw uh, symmetrical all-wheel drive. The reason why it's called symmetrical all-wheel drive is because every single half shaft going to each individual wheel is the same length. So you're not having any weirdness happen with handling by having unequal length half shafts. Right. So in in in. Which in plainer English basically means if
0: you've ever been in a front wheel drive car and you put your foot down really hard and you feel the wheel turn in your hand, the steering wheel turn in your hand, and the car goes slightly left or right, it's called torque steer. This helps mitigate that quite a bit.
1: Yeah. So now, one of the interesting things is that that, uh, that happened with Subaru. And, and and I think Subaru is trying to uh trying to write the ship a little bit. Um they did it with the uh with the Subaru cross uh plug-in hybrid, um which I heard is kind of a little bit of a, a dud-ish. Um but for all of their greenness, um they they, they don't have anything electric and they haven't really electrified very many things. I mean, I, I know that they have some stuff that they're working on currently, but, um, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things of, you know, is it going to, you know, are, are, are they going to be late to the party? Well, it's, because... it's,
0: it's right. It's, it's too early to say at this point, right? I mean, everyone wants to have the electric car, you know, of some kind, right? Because that's going to bring in the, the certain kind of consumer that they want to, you know, become a loyal Subaru, you know, owner for the rest of their lives. But yeah. if you look at how far the development has come just in the last five years, in terms of at a, at any given price point under, you know, any given five-figure price point, the development has been, Really massive range, charge time, uh, you know the the whole deal, right? Um, energy density, yeah. how, many, how many batteries you can fit into a cubic foot. Um, so it's 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 fun to play the game of is Subaru going to be late to the party? But we probably don't really know that for probably the next 10 15 years. Then we'll really know whether Subaru dropped the ball completely. Um, but since we've backed on Subaru for a second about the electric question one thing, one brilliant thing they did was about I want to say five, six years ago, but please correct me on a sec. You've got the data in front of you, I hope, is when they took the Forester and took it from being this quirky kind of lifted wagon sort of compact lifted wagon kind of thing that sort of looked like an, uh, like an Audi Allroad made out of bricks and turned it into a RAV4 competitor. And they made it a true... Least fucking compact crossover and that the forester alone has launched them into the stratosphere in terms of sales what is it like 90 consecutive months of sales increases it's yeah basically since the forester launched the pre now previous gen forester launch it's just brilliant
1: yeah and and even the new one is um is 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 really good um
0: Yes. Um I drove it and I thought it drove like crap. And I thought that the amount of features that you got for the price you were paying was, was pretty abysmal. But I get where people are coming from. I get why they like it. It's not for me. Drive it for yourself and form your own opinion.
1: Yep. So but I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, they they have by far the highest loyalty of uh, of any customer base. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think the, 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 the hit, if they're in, they're in a perfect position, uh, for, for growth where I think, you know, companies like Honda and Nissan, I'm sorry, Honda and Toyota, um, you know, any kind of growth that they may see is going to be, um, you know, kind of marginal. Um, I, I think Subaru has the, has the potential that if they ever wanted to truly just break out, you know, if they, if they really did a complete redesign of the EJ engine series, if they, you know, kind of solved maybe some of their problems with that, if they truly embraced, um, electrification on on a big scale kind of a thing with their with their with their loyal customer base i i think that they they could have the potential to truly take on um both honda and and toyota um and and be a real powerhouse you know comparatively i don't know what do you think about Yeah, it's
0: it's there's definitely the the the, the potential is there for sure. Um I I have to give them credit because they're the only non-luxury wagon I can think of that actually that you can actually walk into a dealership and buy as opposed to like hoping that one out of twenty dealerships nearby has one in the legacy in the sorry what used to be called the legacy outback and is now called the Outback. Mm-hmm. Uh, They also have what I think is, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I think they have the only all-wheel drive non-luxury sedan.
1: That is correct.
0: Um, Because you
1: cannot legacy and the Subaru and the and the Impreza.
0: Yeah, because you cannot thank you. Because you cannot get. I think for a while you could get um, the Jetta or the Passat as a formatic, but I don't think you can anymore. But um uh, I I'm anyway, forget it. i like, you can't know right now, so it's not important. But um you cannot buy a brand new one in that so it's so in that sense they're really filling a niche that no one else has bothered bothered to fill, right? Because if you want that all wheel drive system, you know, otherwise um yeah that's right because the um Nissan or Infinity anyway if you get the all wheel drive you're looking at an Acura or a BMW or a Nissan or uh, Jillians Mercedes with the 4MATIC, just a bunch of other companies Audi obviously
1: now now I do have to say that when it comes to all wheel drive systems so all wheel drive systems are not not nearly as necessary as they used to be absolutely yeah i I, I think the the it's the perception is more hype than reality. Right. Um in most circumstances, because in, in all vehicles, stability and traction control systems have become so far advanced that, in I would say 90% of the situations that you would think you need all wheel drive system for the vehicle stability system and, and, and traction control, are perfectly manageable oh yeah i mean there's those all kinds of stories that i've
0: I've heard about people like being caught in a freak snowstorm right and then um well camping or something and then driving their way out of it and as long as they just kept calm and you know kept the wheel pointed straight essentially the back end might start to step out and then they all then the stability control system just sort of pulls it right back in by modifying all the stuff that you can't see going on and they're able to get home. You just, you know, you, have, you use gentle gas, gentle brake, slow steering wheel, slow hands on the wheel, and you're good.
1: Yeah. So. And, and you even have some vehicles now that are front-wheel drive that actually have a button for snow mode.
0: Right. Right now, it's not meant to be used to. Re- if you live in Ohio and you have eight feet of snow in the wintertime, it's not to replace your snow tires. It's, oh my gosh, I'm caught in an emergency. I didn't expect this. How do I make sure I don't slide off the road?
1: Yeah. Right. But, but like in heavy rain situations and stuff like that, yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, now all wheel drive is going to give you more traction control, but you're not going to be you know it, it's not going to be an absolute necessity no you're you're um,
0: you're better off with snow tires than spending extra for the elbow drive system it's it's lighter it's, it's more efficient it's less
1: maintenance exactly so but subaru has it locked down and i and i think that i think if they if they're able to kind of figure out how to stay relevant with the times um and not go um because i think one of their problems that they've done is especially with the impreza you know not the wrx but just the impreza itself they've gone cheap and 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 they need to kind of get out of that whole thing of like look you're not nissan quit trying to compete on 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 a nissan quality level you need to get up you know a little bit more 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 like a honda I, I would say more like Honda or even to the level of say like Volkswagen you know or Mazda you, you, you need to kind of throw that out there I, I would say Mazda probably you know if you okay. kind
0: of... like a Mazda yeah because I was gonna say because I had a buddy with a, with a Jetta wagon who had to have his valves redone at 80,000 miles and thought that was normal that's German that's yeah. just <laughs> Just, so so Subaru is already ahead of the Germans in that regard, or at least, at least on par. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it amazes me, you know, when, when, you know, when, when you have people who are shopping for say like a Honda and, and you tell them, yeah, the first major service is a hundred thousand miles and they're like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but what about the, what about the twenty twenty thousand 20,000 mile service? And you're like, there isn't one. It's just an oil change. Yeah. You know may, maybe an air filter, maybe a cabin filter if you really need one, um yep. but most of the time, yeah, the only thing necessary is just a, a simple um you know just an oil change you know, it needs it, and your first major service is a hundred thousand miles. Yeah, and that's... it absolutely blows their mind. They're like, well, no 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 with my BMW it was every fifteen thousand miles. It's like, yeah. Because BMWs are cantankerous <laughs> when it right. comes to services and stuff like that. Yeah, just the, the,
0: the same the same basic service work that a Honda gets at a four cylinder Honda gets at a hundred thousand is the same one that an alpha not that a modern Alfa Romeo gets at thirty thousand.
1: Yeah. Weren't you telling me that Maserati uh that you had to at a certain point you had to completely take the engine out and disassemble it and rebuild it uh, used to be um
0: not uh, d- okay if you if you get the grand turismo the hand-built one yes yeah but but, okay. but the, the levante and the ghibli no because well because of engineering i won't get into it but um yeah most people 's grant most people don 't keep the grand Turismo's long enough to make or drive enough miles to make it an issue but there is, that that can and does happen and, has, and it is a regular service but the big one of think g t is like the tires are such high performance and the brakes are so high performance that you 're changing rotors every thirty forty thousand miles you 're changing tires every twenty thousand miles yeah and the tires are are staggered so you can 't rotate them so you just throw
1: them out and buy new ones. Yeah. But anyways, back to you know, get kind of we got off on a little bit of a tangent as we yeah, do. Um, but but yeah, I, I think with Subaru, you know, if if they can you know if if they can continue with their their marketing, which I think is probably one of the strongest out there. Yeah. Um by far. I, I think they they've really kind of got their their client Base nailed, um, you know they're they're always kind of trying to pull more people in, but I think they've they've got their customer base nailed down. They know who they they know who buys their cars.
0: Yeah, it's people in the, people in the snow belt and boomers.
1: Yep, and you know and and people with you know who, you know, prefer, you know, craft beer and. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, and and, and, and Fresh yeah, and 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 you know, you know would you know, and and Starbucks is 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 almost too frou frou for them, you know. They 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 need something more basic and stuff like that. Hipsters, yeah, hipsters. I I think is what I'm talking about. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> not to generalize, yeah,
0: I never generalize. Yeah
1: yeah but but i I think they gotta they they have a very good future i I don't think that there's there's any problem with them unless they just make some really stupid choices um,
0: yeah i mean the the one thing that kind of annoys me frankly is the fact that they're unlock it's a it's a weird thing to be annoyed by but bear with me is that when you go to the key remote to unlock the door and it makes the beep beep noise, it's the same beep beep that a toyota makes. You know, so it's that yeah. kind of bleed over. So if they're buying yeah. the same parts, um,
1: that's pretty and, pedantic. I I don't think I would have ever even have noticed that or have that bother not, me.
0: I just yeah, they just it just it just bugged me. But um, but the the last thing is, and we we cannot forget about this because if we do, we will be crucified at some point. But the BRZ cannot go unmentioned.
1: I was was more than happy to. I'm sure <laughs> you
0: were. Uh, I think the automatic BRZ can go mention forever and that's fine uh, but it's it's so outside of what they normally do except for the engine um, that you, you kind of wonder what they're getting at and the fact that all the special editions they've come out with and all the limited stuff is all about the handling and they've never bothered to increase the horsepower and then you start to look at the EJ25 problems and you look at oh Maybe because there's a reliability issue,
1: and, yeah. and
0: the same car that's sold under the Toyota banner, and they can't afford to have reliability issues.
1: Yeah, I, I, the reason why I wasn't going to mention the BRZ is because it really hasn't made that much of an impact in the automotive world. I mean, it really hasn't. You're not, you're not really breaking ground with, you know, uh performance you're not breaking ground with design no. you're you're it's you know basically you've made a uh, I, I kind of look at it as it's a mazda miata without everything that makes a miata cool
0: the hard top and without without the cloth top
1: yeah I mean the, the, the thing that makes the Miata cool is the fact that it's front engine rear drive and a convertible.
0: Yeah. So it's it's slightly stiffer, right? Because it's a hard dump. Yeah. It's got the it's a slightly more sort of sporting sporting feel. It makes a slightly better track car because of it. Um,
1: you know and, and I've power. I know. I would say, yeah, well and for the price category, you can get faster things. You
0: you definitely can. Uh, it's which which one you choose really depends on you. You know you really can't go wrong with either car. Um, if you're built like a gorilla like I am, you're going to fit better in a in a BRZ FRS Toyota 86. Pick your version. Um, than you will in a Miata. But outside of that, go with one you like the best. If you like it into a sporty car, just know that it's going to stop feeling fast to you probably within about a month of driving it.
1: Uh, yeah uh my my suggestion is if you really need to have something like that just save up a little bit more money and just fork the money down for the Toyota Supra. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think yeah. you'll be much the better for it. Um yeah. it came in but yeah. Yeah. So anyways uh that's all i can think of
0: matt you've got a bright future don't screw it up
1: yep absolutely there you go all our right, advice look, from matt and zach subaru bright future don't screw it up so all right, right. Room, room, matt
0: good night everybody